Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and uh, we're broadcasting from the top of the Habern Building in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, this is Again, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens. You're listening to Forward Radio, and that is WFMP-LP Louisville, 106.5 FM on your radio dial. So, uh, folks, as you know, there's a lot going on in Louisville. All eyes are on Louisville because of the Breonna Taylor case. Uh, you know, right now, uh, Breonna Taylor is the most famous person from Kentucky. And so we've got people coming in to support the cause. And we've got Meredith Lanska here with us today. Say hello to the people, Meredith. Hello. Thank you for having me. So, Meredith, uh how did you get to Louisville? What, what, what motivated you to come to Louisville to support the Breonna Taylor case? Yeah, so at the, end, um, at the end of May, after George Floyd was murdered, um, you know, protests really broke out heavily all over the country. And it was probably one of the first times I heard about the Breonna Taylor case. And I, I've been, I'm, I live in the Bay Area, and I've been very involved in protesting there for the last four years. From but California? In California, the Bay Area of California, yes. And um, throughout June and July, I am also an artist, so I've been doing a lot of art. And I, I took an interest, I guess, or the Breonna Taylor case really caught my attention and my heart and my mind. I spent a lot of time reading. Sorry, I'm a little a little scattered. But I spent a lot of time reading about the Breonna Taylor case, and I quilted her name at my house just because I was thinking so much about justice for Breonna in the case. And then I just kept thinking I should just come to Louisville, Kentucky. And then I called a friend and I got connected with some people here, and um, I drove here the week after, and I've been here since then, so since the beginning of August. So uh, you've probably spent a lot of time at uh, what we're calling Brianna Square, which is at 6 and Jefferson here mm-hmm. in Louisville, and for folks listening all across the country, uh, uh, 6 and Jefferson is sort of uh, where... Louisville is run from in the sense that you have the old county courthouse, which is um, now called Metro Hall, but that's where the mayor's office is. Then we have uh, City Hall on one corner where Metro government sits, that is the Metro Council. Then on another corner of Six and Jefferson, we have the Hall of Justice, which is where uh, you have uh, a district court, uh, and so and it's sort of uh, uh, across the street from the jail as well. Uh, uh, both the old jail and the new jail are both in sight. Uh, on the next corner is the headquarters of the police department, and on the next corner down is uh, circuit court. So. Uh, and then you have a uh, public park that uh, it's just sort of maybe a half block square, uh, basically flat with some uh, sort of raised areas uh, for trees and so on, uh, uh, where in a stage area, uh, 
where many events and demonstrations and protests of various types have been held over the years and celebrations as well it's not always a protest sometimes celebrations and recognitions of are held there musical events too so uh that's uh sort of a hub of activity so what is your impression of what has been going on uh, at six and jefferson mm-hmm. um you know, when I think about Six and Jefferson and um, Brianna Square, I really think about um, a family and a community of people who are there consistently and who show up consistently um, feeding people. As you said, there's a lot of celebrations that occur there, um, celebrating each other, people's birthday parties, and... Um, a lot of different people come together there to show support for Brianna and her family in search of justice. So, yes, and so uh, a lot of different kinds of people mm-hmm. uh, uh, have, have come through there, uh, black folk, white po- folk, everything in between, uh, you know, gay, straight, everything in between, and it's... Uh, it seems, and there is a certain enforcement of uh, of norms in the sense that some people don't understand the sort of multicultural, multigender, multi-sexual orientation aspect of it, but people sort of insist on explaining to people that that's how it is. And uh, I know sometimes there's tension around explaining that because uh, uh, sometimes people came back, oh, there's too many of such and such and cut down, down here. I said, no, no, um, mm-hmm. everybody who supports the cause is, is welcome. So... Um, mm-hmm. Um, so it's, 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 it's that kind of a thing. Um, uh, a lot of marches start and end there as well. So mm-hmm. what do you think about that? The activities mm-hmm. are sort of begin and end at Jefferson Square Park. Um, I love it because it's kind of like home base. So I was there yesterday and a biking, there was a bike protest around the city and they came in, and when they came in from protesting on their bikes, everybody in the park starts yelling, Breeway! Like, the, it's a call and response. The bike people were yelling it coming in, and then we all greeted them as they came into the square. So so you mm-hmm. have marches beginning and ending. The uh, thing I've noticed, uh, it's different from a few years ago, that is uh, you'll have marches that are... Uh, with cars at the front and the back of the march, which mm-hmm. is a, a new-ish, uh, uh, type, mm-hmm. at least here in Louisville. And uh, so there's that. Um, uh, seems like some events are scheduled and some are unscheduled. Some or that is some of the marches where people just sort of uh, uh, gather together and start walking, and then some groups have a more organ, organ, organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want folks to get in a line and uh, line up, so to speak, and uh, keep a certain distance between each other. And uh, so it's, it's various mm-hmm. styles of marching. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, as you said, some are with bikes, bicycles, and uh, sometimes cars and motorcycles are sort of uh, included in uh, the whole procession. So, uh, yes, yes. Uh, so everybody can be involved. I think part of the car, um, the car protests, and I know in the Bay Area they've been doing a lot of car caravans recently too, and it's because of COVID. 
you know, some people don't feel comfortable necessarily being outside in a group of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's not only, a, what you're saying is not only safety for the walkers, but it's, it's safer for some people, too, who, mm-hmm. who, who feel safer themselves in the cars for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And also people, too, uh, uh, I see people who, you know, have... Uh, like ankle injuries from uh, not not even related to here, who you know they still allowed to take take part because they can get mm-hmm. in their car and follow along, and uh, so people who have you know ambulatory issues can can take part if, if, if mm-hmm. they're in their car or are on their motorcycle or on their bicycle. You know, there's that as well. I've also noticed um, people in the motorized wheelchairs taking part in the marches, yeah. uh, and that's fascinating to me. And I've also seen people in non-motorized wheelchairs, too, uh, using their arms to, to, mo- to propel themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just, to me, that just shows a, a level of dedication. Uh, for some people say, well, you know, their arms are strong from doing that, but still uh, uh, it shows a level of dedication where you have people in a wheelchair that's non-motorized propelling themselves so they can be a part of it all. Yeah. That's very impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. So uh, uh, I think it's wonderful that out-of-town people are coming in to help. We've got out-of-town individuals like yourself, and then we've got out-of-town groups as well coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess so, sort of most famously, Until Freedom out, out of New York City. And uh, they've been playing a prominent role here in Louisville. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's all to the good. Uh, I mean, uh, to be honest, as I said, we'll take all the good help we can get uh, here in Louisville. Mm-hmm. So any, do you have any opinions on the out-of-town groups coming in? Yeah, I mean, I'm an out-of-towner, one. Yeah. Um, I have moved here for a while. I've been here since the beginning of August, and somebody said, you're still here? I'm like, yeah, the longer I'm here, the harder it is to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It, when I decided to come out here, I learned directly after that Until Freedom was here coming as well, and I was pretty excited about that. They've done a lot of really great um, work. We had um, the Brianna Con week of events that I volunteered for was really great. Um, and I know they've also been supporting local organizations, local um, organizers in in their in their work for Brianna Taylor as well. And so this is part of the tradition mm-hmm. of the movement that is in the classic civil rights movement, if, if you want to call it from, uh, say, 1955 to 1970. I mean, those kind of begin and start dates for those, you know, kind of arbitrary. But there were people from all over the South traveling to one part of the South or, or another mm-hmm. to sort of move society forward. And there were people coming in from the North as well the North and West as well to the the Old South to try to move society forward. And the Civil Rights Movement could not have happened without without folks go, coming, coming and going from one part of the South to another and from the, the North, Midwest, and West to the South. It couldn't have happened. So mm-hmm. there's nothing new in that. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, you know, Martin Luther King wasn't from Montgomery, Alabama, so uh, mm-hmm. they needed somebody like him to do what needed to be done. So he went where he was needed. So uh, 
so here we are. Um, um, uh, people were uh, marching, uh, speaking, writing, uh, doing art for justice, uh, noticeable murals uh, put up across town. Um, of course, Oprah did the uh, the big signs, uh, the uh, billboards. Yes, the mm-hmm. billboards across uh, uh, Louisville. Uh, then there was the financial settlement uh, between the city and the Taylor family. So, what do you think the mood was on that day, which is not too long ago? Mm-hmm. I think there's. Quite a bit of confusion that surrounded um, the financial settlement that also wasn't just um, finances, but it was also an agreement on a bunch of reforms. Police reforms, Police yes. reforms as well. Never been done before, as far as we know. It has not been done before, as far as I know, and as far as the people who are talking about it know. But, um, yeah, I think there was quite a bit of confusion where they... A lot of around the country as well. I had a lot of people write me, and um, just that the financial settlement, the civil case, is different than the criminal case, and um, I think there's no financial settlement that brings justice to Brianna or that will bring Brianna back, but. Oh, exactly. That is, before Brianna was killed, my impression of her family, they were happy people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may not have been wealthy, but they were happy people. They were happy with each other and living their lives and, uh, 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 and, and mm-hmm. you know, until Brianna was killed in her own home. And so uh, I believe the amount was, is it, was it $12 million? $12 million, yes. Right. And uh, one of the largest amounts in the country. So do you want to give... Uh, Credit to Lanita Baker and uh, yes. Sam Aguiar and uh, Tony Crump, but also to all the people out in the streets of Louisville and all across the country, because I don't think the settlement would have been as big if it hadn't been for all all the people out in the streets in Louisville and all across the country okay. and really all across the world. So, uh, uh, so there's that. So, uh, and then there, and uh, as you mentioned, there were police reforms built into the financial settlement, and and this here recently, uh, uh, today as we're speaking is Friday, and uh, it is Friday, September the September twenty fifth. Today is Friday, September the twenty fifth. As you're recording. And then it was just on Wednesday, right? Wednesday mm-hmm. when the Attorney General of the State of Kentucky, uh, Daniel Cameron, came in. Well, well um, I think the grand jury announcement was at one fifteen on Wednesday, and then Cameron uh, took to the podium in Frankfort, Kentucky, the state capitol at one thirty, mm-hmm. And then... Uh, uh, you know, attempted to explain <laughs> to no one's satisfaction what had occurred. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, and so what happened was it was uh, 
three counts of wanton endangerment against uh, Brett Hankinson. Brett Hankinson, uh, not for any bullets that went into Breonna, but for bullets that went into neighboring apartments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people were upset because there was. This seemed as, as if the attorney general went out of his way to say that uh, uh, the police, you know, weren't at fault in any way in the death of Breonna Taylor. And so, what in, what is your impression of people's reaction to uh, what happened on Wednesday? Um, it feels like a slap in the face, you know. People have been at um, Brianna Square for, at that point, I think it was 118 days or close to 120 days fighting for justice for Brianna Taylor, which, you know, or accountability for people to be held accountable for her death. And then her name wasn't even in the indictment. So there wasn't even a way that the grand jury could have a ruling on that at all. It was, it was just wanton endangerment. The walls of Brianna's apartment had more justice, quote unquote, than Brianna herself in that case. It felt like a slap in the face. It was people, everybody was crying. A lot of, you know, the grief is so tangible and real. We at the park. I was at the park when it came in. And we literally marched probably moments after we learned of the news. We had to put our feet on the pavement and and march. It, it was heartbreaking. And I, I still honestly have some trouble putting it in, like, the feeling of the park and the feeling... We were all feeling into words. It was kind of shocking. It was heartbreaking. It was a slap in the face. So uh, that same night, uh, uh, as I said, there was a march immediately uh, after the announcement and and, uh, then uh, more activity uh, that evening. not at the park, but away from the park. It's sort of Brook and Broadway at the Walgreens. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of police officers got shot, non-life-threatening um, issues, suspect arrested. So uh, uh, here, uh, uh, Friday, uh, as we're recording this show, um uh, Maybe several hours ago, there was a press event at uh, Jefferson Square Park where uh, Attorney Crump, uh, Lenita Baker, members of the family, Attica Scott, uh, others expressed dissatisfaction uh, with uh, Cameron's decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and others, uh, uh, so it's last night, uh, that would be Thursday night, uh, uh, that people were marching and uh, 
people like Attica Scott and Shamika Parrish Wright. Uh, Attica Scott is Kentucky State representative, and Shamika Parrish is one of the co-chairs of the Kentucky Alliance Against Racism and Political Repression. Uh, they were with a group of people trying to avoid breaking curfew by getting to First Unitarian Church, and uh, they were close to First Unitarian, but then they were arrested because the police said they were trying to burn down the main library, which is uh, across the street from First Unitarian. And so uh, so uh, Attica took to the mic today and said that she was not trying to burn down the uh, the main library. <laughs> so uh, uh, so uh, that's kind of... Uh, I think we had... Did we have a hundred and some people arrested yesterday, which would have been Thursday? I heard there was, the news was reporting, I've been trying to get an actual count, I've been to the um, to the prison support people about how many people were arrested the first day, I think there was a hundred and something people arrested on Wednesday, okay. and then last night there was more people, but it wasn't as many. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's kind of where we are Um uh, I think Lanita Baker was trying to say if, uh, well, she wasn't trying to say. She said that if Cameron never formally presented uh, uh, Breonna Taylor's homicide to the grand jury, then Mm -hmm. charges could still be brought. Is that what you heard Lanita to say? That's what I heard Lanita to say. Lenita Baker to say yes. So, so. Uh, there is that. Uh, and then there's, of course, what is the federal government going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if the federal government is going to do anything, uh, uh, it'd probably be better if they do it quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh you're talking about the FBI investigation into... Uh, well, whether or not they're going to bring... Uh, uh, well, I think, uh, for instance, on the the police officer who uh, put information on the warrant who may that may or may not have been accurate, I think the FBI is handling that. That is the federal mm-hmm. government... And, of course, the FBI does investigations for the federal government. And mm-hmm. so there's that. Uh, but uh, sometimes in these cases, the, the the federal government will file civil rights charges against uh, police officers. That's what happened in the sort of classic Rodney uh, King case, uh, where on the, on, on the state side, the, the jury in Simi Valley refused to indict the police officers on Rodney King and then they had the riot in in Los Angeles and then somewhat later the the federal government uh, charged the police officers on a civil rights violation. So uh, I will say that the FBI and the United States Attorney, they've had plenty of time. Plenty of time. It's been six months. Exactly. So uh, that is, I, I don't think that the people of Louisville need advice on how to protest from the United States Attorney. What they 
probably are interested in from the United States attorney is whether or not he's going to file charges anytime soon against any of the police officers. So, uh, uh, but uh, again, uh, it'd be better if he's going to do it uh, uh, now would be the time. Uh, better sooner than later. Um, so, uh, so what what do you see for uh, because this is uh, sort of going on all across the country, not just here in Louisville. I mean, there's something about the Brianna uh, case that that's, that resonates with people, and maybe it's simply because uh, there's a feeling that black women uh, up to this point just don't get justice mm-hmm. in these situations. And so, in a sense, that Brianna is standing in for all black women, and then other women have said, hey, uh, uh, and people have joined in. Uh, so in death, uh, uh, Brianna has come to represent sort of, uh, uh, sort of all women in this type of situation. Now, t- I could be right or wrong. What's your take on that, mm-hmm. why this case has resonated? I mean, I think there's something about a woman falling asleep in her own house and you can be murdered in your bed when you, you know, somebody's knocking at the door, you walk up, you get up and you're murdered in your own hallway. And I think that Brianna, to me, I don't, I don't know. I never knew Brianna Taylor personally, but she just reminded me of every single one of my students. She's 26. She's young, vibrant, and her life was taken from her. And we need to make sure that we're standing up for b- black women and saying their name and making sure that they get justice in these movements, as well as black men. Yeah. So, um, so what's your take on on uh, uh, as we come to the end of our show? Uh, mm-hmm. What what do you see happening here with the Brianna case? Right, and folks, just so you know, we're here with uh, Meredith Meredith Lanska here, who's it's come from California to Louisville mm-hmm. to stand up for Breonna Taylor. So she's moved here. And I think she was here until uh, she, you were here before until freedom, weren't yes. you? Yes. So, uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, so what, what do you see for yourself uh, in this case in Louisville? And mm-hmm. so you've had sort of a, uh, a crash course in Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, you know, I tell everybody that I don't know what my future holds. I'm, you know, you can't stop the revolution. And I really, I just feel like we're going to keep fighting for justice for Brianna and not, and beyond justice for Brianna, you know, we're going to keep fighting for true equality, you know? So I just don't see it ending. I don't see the revolution ending anytime soon until we do um, you know, s- see sis- systemic changes in the way the country is run. 
Well, I think that's what people are looking for because uh, we've got a couple things going on. We've got the mm-hmm. COVID crisis, we've mm-hmm. got the economic crisis, and we've got the sort of police brutality crisis all going on at the mm-hmm. same time. And, mm-hmm. of course, some people are say, well, I wish we'd get back to normal. But December of 2019 was not great for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so far as going back to normal. We're not going back to normal. No. Normal is what got us here. Mm-hmm. So we definitely don't want that. Uh, so, folks, I, I, again, I'm K.A. Owens, and you are listening to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. And we've been uh, holding a great discussion here with Meredith Lanska from the Bay Area of uh, the great state of California. And so, uh, Meredith, uh, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. And, folks, we will be back next week. This is On the Edge with K.A. Owens.